0: Max
1: White, everywhere. Yeah. See something funny. It wasn't funny! I guess I'll just call it Max White Presents. I guess it's decent. Yeah, Max White Presents will work. Here we are. We're live at the tenor trap for Max White Presents. I'm Max White. We're here with a special guest, Mr. Tamar Katan. What's up, Tamer? Hello, Max White. Yeah, dude. We finally got you in New York. What's going yeah, on, man? I'm really you... happy to be here. I thought this was Max White
0: Presents. And I was expecting a gift-wrapped box with marijuana inside. No, it'd be like <laughs> cocaine or a hooker's toe. Oh, We're not going to do it. That'd be amazing.
1: None of that hippie shit around here, none of that stuff. So what's going on? How do you like New York so far? You've been here before, but...
0: Yeah, but never for comedy. You know, it's been really interesting. Of course, I've, I've been in New York several different times. I've lived in New York two different times.
1: But I've never been New York in New York doing what I really love. Yeah. And so it's very different. So you got here on Wednesday, you landed at JFK, then you came straight to the show I was hosting. Yeah. At I went Bungus to Den. A show. Yeah, big ups to Jimmy Peoples for those twelve AM shows. Uh was, so the whole time you've been doing shows every day? What's it like?
0: It's intense, man. Like it's really funny. It's like uh Compared to LA, it's just so different, you know, like, it's, it feels pure and it feels real. Like, do you remember uh, Rocky
1: two? Yeah.
0: When Rocky Balboa wanted to find his groove back, yeah. and Apollo took him to the old gym. Fuck yeah. And he was like, eye of the tiger.
1: And he sm- smelled
0: the sweat. Exactly. Get the fear. New York yeah. is eye of the tiger. Yeah. New York it's raw, and it's you have to physically want comedy. You can't just want it on a piece of paper you can't just want it on your resume it's not i love la it's home but there's too many people who think of comedy as a means to an end yeah and i think in, if you're going to be a comic in this city and you're going to pursue comedy in this city and, and you're going to go up the totem pole in this city and be a decent comic here you gotta want it in your bones fuck yeah and I, I love that there's I, like
1: i know something in l.a too and i love it on this out there time like i do some shows with you out there it's really fun uh, but I noticed there too, there's like almost a cool factor to hanging out at a lot of even yeah. the open mic stuff here. There's nothing cool about hanging out at some of the open mics that brought yeah. you here, other than if you're a comic, you're in fucking heaven. Exactly. But in terms of like scene and being a scene, there's yeah. nothing offering you there. Exactly. I mean, there's cheap drinks, but that's about it.
0: And so, imagine, imagine it like, here's the way I think of it. Like one of my friends said, hey, why do you get upset with, with, with who cares if someone's not totally into it? I go, I don't. That's okay. Everyone has the freedom to make any decision they want to make. But for me, comedy is everything. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't have brothers or sisters. I have a mixed religious background, I have a mixed uh, race background. All my life, people have, told, have been telling me what I am and what I'm not. Comedy is the first time where I went, this is what I am. Yeah. Like I found this group of people who are all outcasts, but together, like we're united by being divided. For sure. You know what I mean? This is home, this is community for me. And so for me, it's like being a stripper and like you stand, we're emotional strippers and we stand up there naked and I'm not mad if somebody goes up and strips in a bikini, but I I am going to take issue when they say I'm just like that naked girl. It's (laughs) like, no, you're not. You're wearing a bikini.
1: Get you know that I mean? nipple free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: it's okay. You want to dance in bikini, do your thing, but don't say that you're like me you're and charge me
1: eighteen dollars for a gin and tonic. Yeah, I'm not talking about anyone specific. You're not.
0: and I'm not. I'm not better than anybody else. I'm not. I don't. I, you know, comedy's a, a, a really interesting craft. You, I've met people who I early on in comedy that I was too judgmental about, and I'm like, oh, that person's not good, or that person is good, and later on, the person I thought was bad became brilliant. And the person I thought was good died out.
1: And yeah, it's weird how you, everybody finds their own roads and goes off like, I, I really, starting comedy, because you start relatively late in your life. How, how I started how, at it, 40. At 40, okay, you yeah. started at 40. And so it's, people always ask me, do you wish you started earlier? And I didn't start until I was like 31 or whatever, yeah. two years ago it was. And, uh, or no, not even two years, a year and six and change, whatever. But, uh,
0: but I'll make one correction.
1: What's that? I
0: didn't start comedy too late. I think people start comedy too early.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake! Sure. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm glad I'm where I'm at because I don't have I have life experience to draw from. And when you have totally. a 15 year old comedy baby, yeah. I mean, no offense, they do get to get good. Some of them. Sure. But I mean, there's an example of there's people I know right that like you're just like who the fuck is this super jaded kid? Why are you so jaded? You never yeah. had to work a job. Or even worse, it, why are you saying things
0: that aren't true? Oh yeah, that's a funny one. And that's that's a tough one for me.
1: Yeah, that's what I think The probably why, it, well, well let's just go backwards. And I don't mind character yeah. acts or things like that, yeah. I don't
0: mind it, but when someone tries to pass off something that isn't true for true, uh, I mean I, I came from an abusive childhood, okay. so I'm really good at reading energy, I'm really good at reading when my dad's in a good mood or what, when my dad was in a good mood or when he was in a bad mood, I can tell when someone's being authentic, when someone's not being authentic, when someone's being real or not being real, and when someone goes up there on that stage and does the thing that I love and says things that aren't true and makes up stories about their childhood that aren't true it upsets me. You know what's yeah.
1: interesting? I never really came across that in New York since I've been here, and yeah. I've been here for a year now. Until I went to LA, because you'd always tell me that when we talk on the phone about people, about situations like that, yeah. you just don't see it much here. And I, I see a lot of I see about four hours of live comedy every single night here. Yeah. But I noticed in LA, like you guys There's get more, a lot so, more of that. Yeah. And like you got, the, I mean, the lie about the age thing is what's fucking hysterical there. Yeah. Was the one dude that we saw that looked like Bieber, but his his neck looked like an uh, old man's nutsack. Like yeah. He had this like makeup on, and he was. Dressed like Bieber, but he's clearly in his 50s. But exactly. he had a joke about how he was born in 83, and you're like, What the fuck? Exactly. That's you're younger than me. And you're just like, So maybe I'm not saying, of course, there's liars here. And he's older don't. than me and claimed to be
0: born 13 years. Yeah, ago. you're gonna, yeah, it was, it was, pretty was like, crazy. Well, yeah, but we were sitting
1: there, I think you were there too. We were all sitting there, and we we're just not gonna say where we we're at, but we we're like, What the fuck? And they're like, Oh, yeah, tell me, it happens because they, they don't want to say their name because.
0: And and that's okay, man. I mean, who am I? You know, I'm just, I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody just trying to find my way and trying to find my voice. And I I don't know if I'm right. All I know is what feels... All I know is what my body tells me. My body tells me what feels good, my body tells me what feels bad. You know, and and like, I don't... I I just don't understand...
1: We're
0: good. Funny it's the same cat. I know, it's a lie of the tenor trap, but you never know what happens though,
1: yeah. (laughs) Keep going.
0: Yeah, so it's like a funny thing. Like I, you know, I, I, I'm a nobody. My opinion means nothing, and I like that. I like that I'm an all. I, I got my head down. I'm focused on my shit, and I want to get better. That's it. I don't even care if I die in a studio apartment with my pet cats eating my face. I don't care. But I don't want. I want to live and die doing what I love. Yeah. You know, like there's a tag outside of my apartment. The first time I lived in New York, that said, "Some people are so poor, all they have is money." And I think I, I was one of those people. I, and yeah. now I don't have money anymore. And, but I'm okay with that, because I am I'm, I'm it, I feel free. Yeah. You know, like Hunter S. Thompson had that great quote, I don't believe the truth is ever told between the hours of nine and five. Okay. And my therapist used to go, you know, you comics are different. He said, you're the same like other people, but you're different. It's like the difference between dogs and wolves. He said, people that work nine to five, they don't realize they're kind of in a sort of prison. You know, it, like you have, you have the HR departments, you have responsibilities, you have bills, you have reasons that you cannot speak your mind, reasons that you cannot express your feelings because of those responsibilities. Now, does that feel like jail? No, it doesn't, because you have a nice house and a nice car and a beautiful wife, and, and, and all those things make you feel like you're free. But nothing makes me feel more free than getting up on that stage and, and saying how I really feel about things.
1: Yeah, that's like one thing I noticed here about going from like a house, which like I still have a house, but like mm-hmm. still, and then basically living out of a duffel bag in New York, like yeah. subletting my friend's place and like all this stuff, basically like air mattress life. Yeah. It's like I've never been so happy with so little in terms of like I've got clothes and I go do shows every night. And then there's, a, there's a, a sticker at the Creek in the Cave, which is an amazing comedy club here in New York that I we went it. to last night. Yeah. But there's, I don't know if you saw in the bathroom, there's a sticker there that says, uh, You didn't move to New York City to watch TV. Did to you watch see TV. That? I love That is, see. that it haunts me in a good way every night I close my eyes. Or like maybe if I'm like, you, know, you meet a girl and like, any civilian knows what I do within two seconds just because, especially if you're in the dating pool, like I'm very clear about it. I'm like, listen, I'm a weird person in terms of I go to work every day at 5 p.m. in this room of open mics and then I have shows at night. And I'm done around midnight or 1 a.m. depending on what's going on. Uh, but unlike the other people in New York, when I text you in the morning, it's not because I'm shit-faced. Like, I, I'm just done with work. You know what I mean? So... But every night I think about taking a night off, I, I, that flashes in my head. I'm like, you're right. I didn't move to New York to yeah. take a night off and go date girls. Absolutely. Like, no, this is fucking med school. Yeah. And no one takes a night off in med school. You know, you gotta just hit it. So. Totally.
0: I like going home. and the minute I close my eyes, I fall asleep instantly. Yeah. I don't like if I if I lay in bed and I and I'm, not, and, I'm and I and I can't sleep. I don't know. There's something in me. Maybe it's the the blue collar immigrant ethic in me that makes me
1: go. Well, you didn't work hard enough. Uh, I can see that, yeah, I've got that, I noticed that too, like if I'm like, uh, even like assisting for friends or like photographers or like helping out, I notice like I can't just sit still, like, especially like if I'm in a capacity where I'm being paid, like, yeah. I'm going to like organize the gear bag or like look around or maybe just, you know, like do something because it's, I think it's a Midwest work ethic, but that's what yeah. I've always been uh, kind of hatched up to is like, dude, you're getting paid, you might as well do something, but you know, it's just yeah. a different thing wise, so let's go back all the way to how we met, so I didn't say this in your intro, but you're a comedian, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting better at it. Um, knock, knock. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, so you were a uh, feature at Dr. Grins, which is my home club and Dr. Gr- at Dr. Grand Rapids, in Dr. Grand Rapids. I was hosting and that's how we that's met, right. Yeah. right? And I remember like talking to you right away because you were relatively, uh, what's the word for it? So you're a California comic, LA coming up from out of town though, but you were talk- we were talking about show counts because you just come back from Europe because you lived yeah. there and worked there and in com- in comedian in- for-, for comedy. And the weird thing is, like, we were talking about show counts, which is, for people that don't know, people in comedy all the time say, like, how long have you been doing comedy? And a lot of people say, 10, 15 years, you know what yeah. I mean? The difference is, is, like, people like that, and there are some great people that are definitely justified, but where I'm from, there's a lot of people that have been doing it for 10 or 15 years, but maybe get up once a month, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, there's a European style, which am I right in saying this, though, where there's, yeah. like, they're like, fuck this, like, I'm not the same year. Like, my year, my sure. personal year is Max White. It was, like, over 650 shows my first year. it's like, amazing. So man. it's different, thanks, but, like, it's different than, like, this dude that, like, maybe you' didn't even do comedy for four years. That, I mean, in England,
0: there's a line of guys going to an open mic, and the booker's sitting there looking at them going, how many shows, how many shows, how many shows? And then walk up to, like, 300, 400, And these are all guys that have been doing it one year. But, it, like, somebody's 300, somebody's 50. Somebody's 45. Yeah. Somebody's 250. Those, are, but those are all "quote unquote" one-year comics. Yeah, it just depends. You know, it really—it's it, it, like uh, you know—it's the it's difference between somebody saying, "Hey, we both do drugs," and somebody smoking pot and the other person shooting heroin.
1: Yeah, for sure, it's, it's totally like totally different. That's a very similar uh, comparison, it seems like too, because I was all in, like, like, and I didn't think I always knew I wanted to do this, but I didn't know that it would be as fast as like, I didn't know I'd be moving to New York inside yeah. of a year of doing comedy. And like, still a little six months in New York because it's like, there's nothing else for me. And yeah. Is that how it was for you? It's just all encompassing?
0: Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I don't do comedy because I want to. I do it because I need to. Yeah. I honestly, and this is going to sound fucking weird, but it's true. Like I, 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 I don't know if I'd be alive. Yeah. I, I'd be scared to stop comedy
1: because I think I might kill myself. It's weird how, how we define our successes in this. And I just know for me personally, like being a newer comic though, but like, I have a physical withdrawal if I don't get up at least once or twice a yeah. night. If I take a night off for whatever reason,
0: yeah. I feel like
1: shit the next day. And it's like, cause you try to justify every moment being on this planet. And like and if, you a, if
0: you have a bad show, it's like you, you somebody got you a bad drug. Yeah, you but know, you still like, wanna oh, go, yeah, yeah. You gotta go to do a few more stages to get the high that you were chasing. Yeah, that's, yeah.
1: And okay, I'll talk about your history now too. So you are originally born in Egypt, right? Yeah, Cairo, so, yeah. Born in Cairo, Egypt, okay. Yeah. And then you moved here when you were what, eight? eight. So you moved to LA? Yeah. Okay. okay so then break it down for... So we moved from Egypt to Los Angeles. My dad had lived in America first
0: and uh, to try to raise money to make sure we came to a stable apartment or place to live, uh, my mom used to like trace my hand in letters so she could show him how much I'd grown, you know, like uh, it was pretty fucked up, like they, like we had to be a. So I, I think people really don't understand how hard it is to be an immigrant and, and how much people sacrifice, you know? and, and in that time, I think my dad had, uh, you know, Egypt, there's no opportunities in Egypt. You know, a lot of people say, oh, tourism is ruined in Egypt because of the terrorism. Like, that's not, the, that's not the biggest problem in Egypt. The biggest problem that, that hurts Egypt is when talent leaves, not when tourism leaves. All the most talented people in Egypt leave, and they go and they, they make the economies better in England and better in France and better in America and better in all these other countries. Yeah. So Egypt could be doing better, but it doesn't because of the corruption People like leave. There. So, we we came to America because we had to. And then, when we came here, we lived in a pretty bad neighborhood. Um, You know, we lived up. We literally moved to Sunset and Vine. I I remember looking out the window and seeing prostitutes and stuff. And and in Egypt, we lived in a really safe place in this big apartment in a fancy part of Cairo called Garden City, you know, where politicians and celebrities lived. Yeah. It's like the Beverly Hills of Egypt. And then we are staring at our window and looking at prostitutes.
1: What do you think that does in terms of like your experience as like a growing boy? Because you're, you're eight years old, you're, you know, you go from cushy stylings of Egypt. Sure. Is it, now obviously you're seeing different in terms of like a, a worse surrounding in terms of atmosphere, yeah. but like inside the household, did it remain the same? Like, could no, you have been in it Egypt? Got oh, it got worse. Oh, worse? It got a lot worse. Okay. Well, the
0: inside the house was harder than outside the house. I was a kid when I left Egypt, so I'd, even though there was a big difference in terms of socioeconomic class, I didn't look at people in Egypt as wealthy and people on, you know, on Sunset and Vine as poor. I didn't look at that hooker and judger because I was just a kid, you know, so to me it was just a woman, a sad woman, and a, a rich person was a happy person and a poor person was a sad person, but I didn't look at them as any different. As a matter of fact, I probably wanted to speak to the sad person more and I wanted to make them smile. Like I, th- I think I always had that in me. I didn't like when people were sad. And, uh, you know, and then, and then we got here, but unfortunately the stress and strain on my dad, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in my 40s now. He got to America in his late 20s, and he didn't just have to take care of himself. He had to take care of my mom. He had to take care of me. And, and he was abused when he was a kid and never went to therapy and saw some horrific shit in the war and had PTSD, didn't talk to anybody about it, and took it out on me. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I'd come home from school being beaten up, and he would have this anger not towards me, towards the kids that were beating me up but his plate was so filled he, he, he was juggling so much that when I came home and it added one more thing he had to take care of I angered him and so I'd come home with a I mean I came home with a black eye well one time my dad gave me a black eye and then I went to school and I tried to cover it up with makeup because I'd always hide my beatings from my mom and then these kids were like, oh, the kid's wearing makeup. And then they gave me another black eye. <laughs> oh, fuck. I came home with two black eyes, and I had one from my dad and one from the kids. I had one from the inside of my house and one from the outside of my house. The only time I felt safe was in the street.
1: Weird. On my Sweet. way home. Right? Now, were you like, did you have a lot of friends when you were younger or No. no. No,
0: I mean, that's the thing. People are like, oh, after 9-11, people hate Arabs. That's why. It's not true, man. When I was in, in America, the first time I got to America, when they talked about gas prices being high on the news, yeah. I'd get jumped at school. Or that's really. the way it was. Parents would be like, oh, Arabs this and Arabs that. and Arabs are making gas prices go high and Arabs are making it harder for this and Arabs are making us have a worse Christmas. And then the kids would be like, I know one of those. And they'd beat me up.
1: It's wild, because then to throw another screw in the situation is it's not only is your dad from Egypt Muslim, but your mother is Jewish from also from Egypt as Jewish well. Jewish
0: heritage and then Coptic Orthodox um, is what they converted to. Like there's a lot of Jews that were in Egypt and then, you know, Israel became a state and, and they were told to leave. But some Jews were like, no. This is where I was born. This is where I was raised. I have friends. I have family. I have a business. You, it, it, nobody didn't just go and move to this new uh, plot of desert. Yeah. A lot of people that were Jews were Jews culturally and not religiously. And so they were like, no, I'm staying. And the loophole was you could convert to Coptic Orthodoxy, which was like an Orthodox uh, form of Christianity. Egypt was Christian first. A lot yeah, because this is Nasser
1: nationalized, right? Yeah. It's, it's okay, okay. Yeah. That's
0: gotcha. uh, And it was just a crazy uh, hodgepodge of a place. You know, Egypt is, I mean, they call Egypt, Umildonia, which is a phrase everybody in Africa knows. It means mother of the world. Okay. And like, I mean, Jesus was born there. there. There are smells in the streets in Egypt today that Jesus smelled, you know, including like a double apple hookah. Yeah. That was around <laughs> when he was alive and the smells of that tobacco are the smells that he smelled. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a really wild, amazing, amazing place that really does still feel like the birthplace of humanity.
1: Now, how does that, going from there, like, was there, like, because, you, you know, there, that's not interracial, it's an like interreligious relationship, mm-hmm. inter, you know, interfaith relationship, is True. basically what we call it. Is there any, like, hate on either cast on that? Oh, God.
0: Dude, every, every story about the boogeyman in yeah. America, in Egypt, the boogeyman was a Jew. Really? Every story about every evil person. The Jews, the Jews, the Jews. Arabs blamed the Jews for everything. Jews blamed Arabs for everything. And I was this kid in the middle going, I have family on both sides so the stories didn't work on me. I was like, uh, you know when a virus outbreaks and then there's one person who didn't get sick? Yeah. I was that kid. I was the kid that wasn't getting infected by hate because I had people on both sides. So what initially looks like, everybody always reacts like, oh my god, Jewish mom, Muslim dad. Oh, how painful for you. And I go, no, it was the opposite, man. I was the one that wasn't infected by hate. Hate's painful. Hate's so, painful. Not... Hate is painful.
1: Hate <laughs> is
0: painful. That's a good, that's strong statement. Oh, it is, man. Yeah, like, I had so... this old Arabic man that I spoke to and I said, why do you think kids join terrorist organizations? And he said, because it's easier to be evil than it is to be alone. And then he pointed at a homeless guy and he goes, see that guy right there? And I go, yeah. He goes, when you make people feel like they don't belong, they break. And he's like, you know that chicken, the the, you know that phrase, the chicken or the egg, what came first? And I go, yeah. yeah. And he goes, that's how I feel about racism and terrorism. I don't know what came first, but I know they're connected. And I know that all these people that think they're making America safer by being racist, they're actually making it more dangerous because racism creates terrorism and terrorism creates racism.
1: It's really interesting to see, and like George Carlin always had this thing about TSA in general. Was like, it's just, it's just, it's basically there to like. Take care of the fears of old white people in this country because sure. TSA has done nothing sure. of on record. Not one single terror of anything has ever been caught by a TSA agent 100%. in America. The only thing that's ever happened is passengers after the fact have caught these people. 100%. I think TSA,
0: bullshit. Uh, 100%. I, I, the TSA to our security is no different than that plastic or that paper cowboy hat that you put on toilet seats.
1: Oh yeah, it makes funny. you feel
0: better. But if you don't, if you think a virus can't get through porous paper yeah. into your a hole,
1: then you're, you're you're an idiot. I kind of kinda, I, I feel better using uh, one of those paper covers than I do going through TSA though, because I like these like ten dollar an hour employees sure. trying to fucking chat me up and to break me. Like it's, sure. it's a joke. And, sure. then, and one of my friends is uh, I love you Ian, but he works for TSA and he has like lifelong government benefits and yeah. it's just crazy because. One time we were uh, at this airport and like I started getting fucked with by a TSA guy and yeah. I'm like what the fuck is your problem, man? And I look over and it's like Ian Sparks. Ian was laughing. He just happened to see me at O'Hare. No way. And I was like dude. But then I'm like meanwhile <laughs> like ten people that fucking yeah, should have been stopped got through. And I'm like oh yeah, that, there's there's no one gonna happen. Yeah, and sucks. I have a weird opinion about that because I'm big on people like oh well, who do you hate, Max? Like I, I really don't invest any energy into grudges or hate because I think the grudge thing. Someone told me a long time ago that like holding a grudge is letting someone live in your head rent-free. 100%. really held true to me, and I just yeah. don't have an opinion on that. I just think it's better just to, like, why would I focus on something that bums me out versus when there's so much cool shit out there that I get excited about?
0: 100%. Um, it burns. It burns like a hot potato. The longer yeah. you hold onto it, the more it burns you. I don't fuck with that it's shit. Not, I don't fuck with it either. I don't like it. I got, I'm too focused on other shit.
1: Yeah. It's weird, too, though, because I see a lot of people, I mean, even comics-wise, and the day-to-day of what people bitch about, I have a very fortunate upbringing from where I'm from, like, I never wanted for food or anything like that, that was, like, really good. I mean, yeah, there's problems, but nothing, you know, like, really major. I mean, very, like, I mean, yeah, there's issues, definitely, but not, like, what you're seeing that's out there in the world. There's so many other pressing issues to focus on, and then I see people carry that resentment into places like comedy and stuff like that, you're like, dude, what are you fucking complaining about? It's hard though, man. I gotta tell you, this year more than any
0: other year, it's been really hard for me to not be racist myself. Yeah? It's been really hard, because the one thing that's harder than hating is not hating back. Okay. Because hating back means I have a reason to hate them.
1: Yeah, because that's interesting because we were just talking about this where you guys had a really, really negative experience in Oklahoma. and Just briefly, we go into that.
0: I've had two death threats both times in Oklahoma. While performing there, not just hanging. Not just hanging out, while performing. Just telling jokes. People telling me, you know, I didn't come here to thank, I came here to laugh. and You know, it's like, listen, you could have looked, if you're that offended, you could have looked at my comedy. And it wasn't like I was the feature, I was the headliner. And the reality is, they came into the show drunk okay they didn't research who I was. they just came to see a show, and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that but the it, you cannot have a free country and not and also have a comfortable country true freedom if you want to have freedom, then you also have to accept that you're going to be uncomfortable sometimes because other people have to be free too yeah, and for me it's just been people don't understand what racism I don't think unless it's really happened to you. I was beaten to a level. I have scars on my face, man. Like when I shave, I have to be careful how I shave around this one scar on my lip. Every time I'm in a hurry, that same scar bleeds again Wait. because it's a lump on my lip. And, and, and they, didn't, they beat the love out of me. I'm 46 years old, I've never been able to, to be married. They, they, they beat the love out of me because I don't trust people. My father did the same thing to me, so I don't, I don't trust. And when I'm with a chick, I'm waiting for her to fuck me over. Huh. And so they've robbed me of ability to love. They've robbed me of kids that I might have had, of a family that I could have had. That's all been taken from me. And yeah, I'm fighting that now and I'm going to therapy and I'm trying my best, but it hurts, man. It really hurts. Like I have a, a friend who's like, uh, you know, I look at the Trump page and, and I see which friends like it. And I'm not like, I don't think like those people are evil. But what I do think is I don't trust those people anymore because I now know that those people are not people that value my life. And so I know that um, I might be their friend, but I'm a second class friend. Do you I'm think, not a good enough friend.
1: For now them. do you think because of your past and like being a violent past that makes you more sensitive to that though? Yeah, uh, of so, course. I so, know it's a
0: flaw. And yeah. I know that sometimes I'm wrong. And I know that sometimes I overreact but I can't control it. It's like some, it's like PT, I have PTSD too. Yeah. And when someone says, oh, I'm, I just like Trump's page because it's entertaining, that's even more offensive to me.
1: Okay.
0: That's even more offensive to me because it's, it's like saying, I'm a nice person, I didn't vote for Hitler, but I'm just listening to his speech. But I'm going, I'm a Jew hiding in a basement. You yeah. know what I mean? But even worse, it's like, it's. It's it just, it, there's nothing worse than someone making you feel like you're not,
1: you're, you're not equal. What's now, like say last election-wise, so yeah. Romney was the boogeyman. Bill Maher just had a really good speech about this where he talked about how liberals fucked up because they made this boogeyman be past Republicans in terms of George W. Mitt Romney, and now it's basically crying wolf compared to what it is now.
0: Come on, that's
1: that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever. Did you heard. hear it? I'm sorry,
0: I didn't hear it. But I, blaming liberals. No, 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 for no, no, Trump. no, no. He
1: was no, no. He was blaming basically what he's saying is the news basically saying how bad. George W. was and how bad sure. uh, Romney and past ones were, sure. that now it's like crying wolf. Because when he was trying to be serious about Trump now, nobody's listening from his listenership.
0: Sorry, I think that's a bad premise.
1: Really? Here's why. I mean, like, here's the thing. And I
0: say that to people who say, oh, uh, what? Just the lesser of two evils? No, it's not the lesser of two evils. Regardless of what party you support, no one would argue anywhere in the world that this Particular election is not the most disgusting, filthy, dirty, embarrassing election any any country has ever had.
1: This is horrific. It's up there like idiomatic I mean, style. It is idiomatic style. But, yeah. It's... I mean,
0: I mean, dude, I got I got fired from Subway for calling someone an asshole. This guy said, "Grab women by the pussy." Admitted to sexual harassment, is being sued for child molestation, and he's still running. Crazy. For the President of the United States of America. And there are people that are referring to Hillary Clinton as evil. There are 12 other women that ran for office. And it's like a photocopy. They attacked every woman in the same way. The, the 12 other women were attacked the same way. They were called cold. They were called bitches. One of them was drawn as, a, as the devil in a newspaper. And every single time when the story was researched, they found out that it was either a gross exaggeration or a flat-out lie every single time, and and the only women that could run were women that were just like Hillary, overqualified, overexperienced, because they had to be. So for me, I'm looking at this going, this is insane. Here's the difference between, so here's the thing, we said this is the grossest, most fucked up election we've ever had, both parties would agree with that. Okay, so let's talk about what's different. Hillary and Trump, the lesser of two evils, really? Hillary ran before, it was civil. Hillary ran and she ran a tough fight against Obama. It was so civil that she humbly accepted a job offer from her opponent and became Secretary of State. So what's new? Trump, Trump's what's new. Trump, his style of politics, his language, hit what he's making fashionable on the political runway. You know, he's walking down the, the political catwalk saying things like, fuck those people, nuclear bombs are okay, I love war, Kill, be, kick that guy's ass, I'll pay the legal fees. Threatened Hillary Clinton's life twice, alluded to the Second Amendment and having gun owners at, attack and, and kill her, and he's still being allowed to run. This is, uh, it's, it's, God, man, it's just, it's so shocking to me that this is America.
1: Do you think he's a symptom? Like, is he a cold sore of, like, deep down herpes that America's had? Is he basically like a golem? You know what I mean? Like, he's the worst of everything that's come to a head. Do you think it's him physically that personifies everything that is wrong with America? Or do you think he's a person on the spearhead of a larger movement trying to change things up?
0: I think in American politics, we've had, we've, we've never had someone so immoral. It's not, it's not, see, he's old money.
1: He was given money. Yeah, but he's, he's not, no, he's Queens. He's not old money. He's well, like, I mean, yeah, he, yeah.
0: His, his great-grandfather was a millionaire, they're, they're, his father they, was a millionaire. But they're
1: diet millionaires. They're not like real Fair Rockefellers. Yeah. Well, they're not Rockefellers, yeah.
0: but when I say old money, meaning he's, he doesn't know what it's like to be poor. True. Never. Yeah. He didn't earn what he was given. Yeah. So in, in that sense, in my, my definition of old money is that, is that he didn't earn it, he doesn't know what it's like. And, and they didn't expect this. You know, it's like, it's like if they decided that the Miss America pageant was gonna be decided on on votes. And then all of a sudden, a woman showed up and she decided to walk naked and do a sex act on stage. And all the other contestants were like, what, you can't do that. And all of a sudden, a, a porn star wins Miss America and everybody's like, oh my God, what happened? And, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting down porn stars, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm just bringing in that somebody brings in a different set of rules. And bec- because there weren't things set up to protect, You know, like, this guy's a flat-out liar. And the only requirement I ask of a presidential candidate is that
1: what they say must be true. Or at least not... I mean, this guy... That's... I mean, but standards-wise, historically, that just would not hold up uh, since the beginning. But this is at a level that we've never seen. Well, I think it's more facing. It's more blatant. It's like... Dude,
0: the guy said Obama's responsible for ISIS. So the
1: guy still questions the the eight year seated president's birth certificate exactly and then yeah. and then said he was wrong yeah. and then he said he was right again and then yeah. you know
0: and here's the problem it, he is taking advantage of a population of people who have been waiting for an excuse they want an excuse to not blame themselves they want because here's if you have a country that admittedly has not been investing in its education, has not been investing in, in its healthcare, has not been investing in its corporations and its industries, and then a few generations later, you have a bunch of people who are uneducated, angry, unqualified for the future. Yeah, they're, they're going to want an excuse. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. This is the same thing is what happened when black people became free. And Irish people were, like, hating black people because black people were taking jobs
1: for less money. Yeah.
0: This is the same thing that's always happened. It's interesting what you were just talking it's
1: a about. Thir- it's the 13th Amendment all over again. What's, that's a good point. What's interesting is that, that we live in, like, you know, uh, we live in a great country. I mean, it's a good, great country, right? But we still live in a country where our bridges collapse. Like, yeah. like that just happened in Minneapolis a few years ago. And it shouldn't. And the yeah. model bridge—that's the same model, same designers as the one that Brent spends in Cincinnati, where I used to live. Mm-hmm. Is this? It's it's it was like red flag the same time that that one in Minneapolis was, yeah. and it's just going to happen again too. And it makes me think of like we're running so far ahead and fast. Ahead is an awful word We're we're running so fast. and We're not. It's like a kid that like instead of uh, cleaning your room, you just go buy a new house. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just and that's. I think that now for the first time, the difference between like the, a lot of the Trump people, I guess the people he's targeting. So in the 70s, Carter was a, a, essentially the first candidate that like called the evangelicals. He was like, hey, listen, these people are going to not only support me, they'll vote too. My problem with this is I'm afraid, because what I see here in New York is a lot of people you'll see in open mics you'll see in comedy shows, they'll be like i don 't even know anyone that votes for Trump well I'm from where a lot of people are voting for Trump, you know what I mean like a lot of people in the Midwest are going to be the votes of, and I see that as the difference is those people in the Midwest are actually going to go vote, I mean even if it's for trump it doesn't matter you here i I'm, I'm not so sure that people are actually going to get up because it's a lot of shit talk here and I don't, I don't believe they're going to get up and do it
0: i don't know man i don't know i I hope you're wrong
1: yeah I hope you're wrong and I, I think you I mean, too I, yeah. I, think
0: you, I think you will be I, I believe in this country i but I also believed in England, with you know when Brexit happened. Uh, England. You believed in Brexit? Huh? You 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 were. I believed or... that England would not. Yeah, okay. Would not exit. Yeah. Um, I I was shocked by it, but the difference between England and here.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and why, what you're saying, is does take effect in England, but I don't think will work here, is because England only has one big city. Gotcha. There is no second city in yeah. England. There's only London. People argue that it's Birmingham. Incorrect. Birmingham is industrial at best. Manchester, culturally okay, but population size isn't there. uh, Birmingham is like 90% East Asian. And it's it's just not a second city. It's not a proper second city. We have LA, we have New York, we have Chicago, we have Miami. We have a lot of big cities in this country. And we have a population of, of minorities who have all experienced racism. And we're already getting a test run of what Trump is like. Again, there's another way to, uh, to change the unit of measure. You can, you can say it's hard to tell the truth between each candidate. It's hard to know what's true and what's, what's a lie. It's hard to know the difference between a Hillary or a Trump. Yeah, but it's not hard to compare the difference between the behavior that they inspire and their supporters. Yeah. Look at that as a metric.
1: Well, my biggest thing that I notice is just inclusion and exclusion. That's, like, that's how I look at everything in terms of people. Hey, Max, what do you think of this person? And that's the first thing I look at in terms of who do they include and who do they exclude, right? Mm-hmm. And if they exclude somebody, why do they exclude them, right? Yeah. First thing I heard that Trump wise, and again, I tune out a lot of white noise having gone to school for politics and stuff like that. But, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm lasered in on what I'm looking for specifically, but the first thing when you hear is the we need to stop the Muslims coming in, like, boom, red flag. Like, sure. what the fuck... Qualifies yeah. that as any statement because I've got one of my just a great friend in Cincinnati yeah. who uh, this was just post So 9-11 happened then 7-7 happened and what, what year was that in England when the bombings happened I don't remember uh, Either way, well, I, remember, I remember the date. I, mean, I remember yeah, 7-7. It's a few years ago. Okay, because I just remember though It was right before the Boston it could have been. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad. I know that's weird how, because it's not slammed in their fucking yeah. head with a T-shirt every day. But I remember him being like, Islam is peace. And he's, he's from Senegal. He's like, oh, the dude is the best. And, like, he was, and I know his whole family and they were talking about it. But you took a family that was so proud of the American, they moved here, worked hard to like live yeah. in a house, 10 people. And then all of a sudden they went from like, we don't, we're part of the group now to, oh my God, we have to hide where we're from. And we yeah. have to, you know, he it's worked wrong. for an airport. Yeah. Lake, and it just, that's... So now, boom, right. that, that, that's, it's exclusionary. So now I'm like, what well, that's, the I mean
0: fu-? America's biggest weakness, my grandfather used to say this, America, he said, I've never met a well-traveled racist.
1: Ooh, recall.
0: And he said that America doesn't have a racism problem, America has a passport problem. And that's, you know, one of my friends said, I have a bunch of friends who are Trump supporters and they're smart people. How, how come they're voting for him? And I said, because sometimes it's not about whether someone is smart or not smart. That's too simple. It's about whether, it's about the type of life that people live. Some people are very comfortable with being comfortable, and I think that happens a lot in the Midwest, and I think it happens a lot in the heartland of America. I think what ends up happening is that white people stay with white, black people stay with black, Latinos stay with Latino. We are more separated as a nation than we were when we first desegregated the school system, right? Now, we're more segregated than ever before. The less we know each other, the more we fear each other. People are like, keep, most of the people that say keep Muslims out don't even know a Muslim. True. And, and that's, why the, that's why the book is always better than the movie. Because the monster in your head is way more scary than even something Wes Craven could invent. Yeah. And I think what people are raging against is this monster that Trump is making up the same way in the Middle East people told me that the boogeyman was a Jew. And the reason why I have an immunity to it is because I, I knew a Jew that I loved, my mom. yeah, And I knew a Muslim that I loved, who was my dad. And that's, I think that's the only way we'll have peace in this country, is when people start to get out of their comfort level and start to actually try to be friends with people that are different than them. Now here's the other thing, diversity is the future, period. 100%. That's, that is how you make a healthy human race. It's through diversity. I mean, you can compare a mutt to a purebred dog. Bulldogs can barely breed. The mutts are smart, they live forever, yeah, for they sure. heal. My grandfather used to say, say this, this same thing. He said, ideas are like DNA. If the only ones you mix together are the same, you're gonna come out with things that are messed up. Inbreeding. Inbreeding, yeah, inbreeding, absolutely. Yeah. and that's what's happening in America. This isn't just about America, this is about the success of the human race. The people that are, rage, that are raging racists right now, immigrants are not what you should be afraid of the future is what you should be afraid of
1: yeah because
0: you cannot you, I saw a fat kid at the beach punching waves like he was trying to stop the waves yeah that's them that's
1: that that's you funny. are not stopping this he's a window licker wow. are, he's yeah. a window. Yeah. there is
0: nothing if, they, if there are racists listening to this I promise you <laughs> there is nothing you can do to stop the browning of America, the blending of America. I like blending better than browning. But what I mean by browning yeah. is this. Black will become lighter, white will become browner. What I mean by brown is the middle, is the
1: mix, is the soup. What right? happens to albinos like me, Tamar? You're what not an albino though, but you're <laughs>
0: not, but you're not. And I don't mean browning by skin I color. I mean browning by culture. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't even like I had a guy come up to me and goes, I've seen browner than you, and I'm like, oh really? So you want me to live my life? Like don't ask, don't tell? Am I supposed to be an Arab in America the way a gay guy is in the military in the 90s? Is that what you want me to do? I'm supposed to, oh, if I'm a gay guy, why don't I just stay quiet? Is that, no. So to me, it's not about the, the nationality you're given. It's about the nationality that you've chosen. The, the way that you choose to live your life. Yeah. That That's what I...
1: Burger King is really the thing that fucked us all up when they told us all we could have it our way. Oh, yeah. That's when yeah. America got fucked yeah, up. Yeah, they're just like, motherfucker, we can It's interesting to me, though, people that are so staunch, like, anti-immigration, they don't realize that we're a nation of fucking immigrants. Guess what? Like,
0: the immigrants that they're trying to kick out now have lived in America longer than the people that wrote the Constitution.
1: That's so fucking stupid. And then you see people, too, that are like, uh... It it reminds me of, like, nerds that come to a party that have no business being there, but once they show up, someone else rings the doorbell, and they're like, nah, dude, can't come in, sorry, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. I guess nerd's been replaced by the word jock, but you know what I'm saying. The other thing is there's,
0: there's no such thing as countries, man.
1: Uh, yeah. It's false. It's funny that people are like, the ancient civilizations of Iraq and Iran, like, those names are from the 50s. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's YouTube footage on like Super 8 film of those, of the day that those were named. Like, it's just... It's, I,
0: I bought a house in Silver Lake when I got the original paperwork from the 1920s. It was called Lincolnian Heights.
1: Damn, that's funny. It's,
0: it's totally different. Echo Park was called something else. They only called it Echo Park because when the construction workers were yelling across the lake, it would echo. Really, But before that it was called something, I can't remember what it was called, but it was called something else. I, mean, I was at a show in Texas, this guy yelled out, God bless America. And I go, hey, you know what God would say if you heard you say that? He'd say, what's America? God didn't invent countries. I, I'm really upset, the thing that upsets me, I'm really upset at religious people too, I gotta be honest. Because here's what I would love, I would love, I want, I would love to be religious. I would love to accept religion. And the way that I would do it is if when tough times happen, religious people stood out as a better version of humanity. That would be a great way to recruit people. The way the Pope is doing things now, this Catholic Pope, just by being a decent human being, has recruited so many people back to Catholicism.
1: But I see game in that. I, I, think I that's see like, kindness in it. Like, I, I, we'll fuck 20,000 kids, but let's get a nice guy uh, up front and, to bring him back. Well, you know, here's
0: the thing. But he is the guy in charge right now. Yeah. And and the things that he's saying do have an influence. Oh, the, absolutely. The but he's guy, more
1: figurehead than he is in terms of... He's Queen of England. Uh, he's, he's,
0: made, he's made some pretty big
1: changes in, yeah. in the
0: Vatican and he's made some pretty good I just reviews. think
1: it's crazy that there's still priests that are working today that have been passed and convicted I, for that I but. agree I think
0: but I, I do also acknowledge that you can't tear the whole thing down I, I think there's someone like him like an Obama for example who's like I know I'm going to be blocked at every turn, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep fighting, and I'm going to do as much as I can.
1: I think and that I, the, issue, uh, I, the, the issue that I have with that is, like, compartmentalization, which I understand that you don't want to tear the whole thing down because people are like, I'm not religious. Can't. I get that. But there are still people that are being protected by that. And just like anything, like, if you're protecting the person, it's the same as doing it, right? And there's a system geared around protecting. Like, I just know that there was a fucking ass that came into my city when I was younger, they found out he'd like come from Boston and two other places. Yeah. And it's like, those people need to be like taken care of. And, and that's something they can do I, on one level.
0: I absolutely agree. I just I just don't know if going after that would stop him from going after something else. I don't know what he knows. Do you uh, know what I mean? I, I think that's one of the problems that's happening today. Is like the internet is doing for uneducated, unknowledgeable people what high heels do for little girls. It makes them feel like they're all grown up. You know, I have people that have done no research, I'm not talking about us right now by the way, I'm just talking about friends that I've had debates with online and and their their knowledge doesn't doesn't go past a paragraph in Wikipedia. Their
1: knowledge doesn't go past a meme, but their boldness exceeds a college degree. That's like you know? something I wrote when I first got here. It was like I've never been in a place, and that's I love New York. Like I fucking love it here, but I've never been in a place with so much certainty. Yeah, like people are just like nailed it, and like you know, like the other day we were talking, and you're and you were <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, you're, funny. you're just messaging something, or like we were talking about it, like an article, and the first thing I ask now by default is what's the source? Give me the URL. Yeah, because I've got friends that are smart people. That'll they'll post something by like EliteDaily dot sure. No, distantly daily if you want to throw us some money we're totally cool with that Uh, (laughs) i will shit on you for five dollars no problem but they're uh that they'll say these things and they'll they'll take it as the bible they're like oh i saw here that you know so and so what i'm not even gonna propagate the lies but still it's just like it's it's amazing to me that what was it like before? So I'm trying to work, work on this bit right now about how Google is just a conversation editor now. This infinite possibility of all this information we can find, we don't use it, we just use it to prove the other person wrong now. Yeah. It's like, hey, fuck you, I'm gonna Google yeah. it, you're wrong. It's but true. I, I can Google myself, and you know, how I write context-wise, and get whatever answer I want, because I think I speak Google, you know what I mean? So that's what's scary to me, is like, because we have all this access to information yeah. and we're not using it the right way. And
0: we're also being led, here's what I think, I think, I had this really crazy dream one time that uh, in the future we found out that greed and power, the combination of those two things, has a chemical reaction in our bodies that's similar to heroin. Hmm. So we have these countries that are being led by drug addicts, right? Yes. Essentially, if you look at the chemistry that's happening inside their bodies,
1: yeah.
0: we have these drug addicts that are running our country. I watched this episode of Black Mirror and this guy said a really interesting thing that I actually looked up and it was fact. When we first started, when World Wars began, when we asked a human being to kill another human being that they didn't even know, those soldiers would miss on purpose. 75% to 80% of the soldiers shot over the heads of their enemies. There were British generals that would walk around the foxholes hitting soldiers with sticks in order to make them shoot and kill because they wouldn't do it. And then the governments got better at convincing people to hate, at teaching people to hate, at at creating one enemy, one face. We're not invading Iraq. We're going after Saddam Hussein. We're not going after the 12 people, 12 people that that hit the towers in 9-11. We're going after Osama bin Laden. We had a face like a video game. You know what I mean? America hates soccer because we don't like ties. We want resolution. We want a winner. We want a loser. That's what America is. And these people have learned to manipulate a population of people in such a way that instead of talking about the political process and turning this country into something that we share, right, that's what America is. If it's a united country, then politicians should be reminding us all on both sides that America is something that you share. Instead, it's being turned into something that you win or lose every four years. And that's what the problem is. It's they've turned the political process into sport. And we hate each other the way we hate rival teams. And that, it's like a drug addict. You start by going, hey, this works. This feels good. This is solving my problems. Just like when Carter went after church people. And that all started, you know, after the Great Depression, they created laws that kept corporations out of government. And that's when religion got back into politics. That's when politicians saying, who else? has power over large numbers of people since now corporations have been stopped from influencing government. And th- that group was religion.
1: And that's, it, what's interesting is like, to go back, you're speaking of, uh, about how new soldiers would not, they had a tough time shooting, they'd always aim high, right? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting is there's an a, a experiment, it's not the Kinsey experiment, it's something like that though. There's videos on YouTube where you can watch, have you seen that? Where basically they put an actor uh, Dresses as a doctor in, a, in one room hmm. and they give a normal guy off the street they tell him like, you want to come and do this have you seen this the scientific is this experiment? the electrocution thing yes yeah. and then that, and that basically what they say is google it and I'll, I'll post a link on our website or on the at this is whatever the fuck my name is uh, Max White Presents uh, uh, Facebook and website but um, basically what, what happens is the scientist who's not a scientist continually tells the person that to hit the button, basically, if the person in the other room who's hooked up to electrodes answers incorrectly, yeah. and so what happens is uh, the actor on the other side is not actually being electrocuted; he keeps screaming louder and louder as the volts increase, and then they keep doing it. And pretty much every single one of the person that participated in the experiment ended up killing the person, not, not crazy, actually because they're actors, but they could have. And it, but I mean, they, they're like you know they're moral people because they're like, oh my god, I'm killing, it. I don't want to do this anymore. And all the the actor who's playing the scientist was to say was, please continue with the experiment. And it was something about like how authoritative people. And another experiment I learned about college was uh, when they they put uh, two groups of college kids and they dressed one as cops and one as people in a jail cell and they left them alone. And they ended up like, they had to like separate them because it became abusive. They were being abusive. So what is that about like common human, like humanality, that's a word, uh, being a human that is, uh, I mean, we're still animals essentially. But like, what do you think about that is that works on an animal level, but not as a society level right? So somewhere in there we're lost. And it seems like we're kind of pushing back towards the animal style right now.
0: Well, I, I don't think we ever left it. I, I mean, like if you, if you read any of the books on social psychology, there's a great book um, called Sapiens. Okay. And it's about our history. And it talked about like, how come human beings are so damaging to the planet and essentially damaging to each other. And it said that because when other animals became top of the food chain animals, it took a long time. So the ecosystem had time to create checks and balances. Okay. So when a tiger or a lion got more aggressive, a gazelle got faster and a rhinoceros got more moody. And so the, the lion couldn't devastate the population. Same thing with sharks in water, same thing would happen. But with humans, we discovered fire. And so we went up to the top of the food chain so quickly that the ecosystem didn't have time to create checks and balances. And that because it took a long time for lions and sharks to become top of the food chain, they're majestic and they're confident leaders. They're confident top of the food chain animals. We're not. We're top of the food chain, but a chimpanzee one-on-one will rip our faces off. True. We're an insecure, fearful leader. And, and that, that is in all of our DNA, this fearful, insecure leader. And we've always been afraid of others. I mean, you, there's been studies that have shown that babies who went from hospital to home and have never seen the outside world have nightmares about monsters with fangs. And they're like, well, where is this coming from? And it's it's soft-wired in our DNA because when we were cave people, monsters had fangs. That's interesting. So it's almost like when you buy a computer and it comes with preloaded software. We have preloaded software to be afraid of others, to be afraid of outside predators. But we've evolved out of that. Now, as human beings, we can choose to try to evolve out and keep evolving forward, or we can choose to go backwards. And, and, and in America, sometimes, because we say this phrase, we're number one, way too often, we treat other countries the way the Ford Motor Company treated other automotive companies from other countries. They're n- we don't need to lo- watch them, we don't need to learn from them, yeah. and then all of a sudden, we get eclipsed by them. Yeah. So when I was in Sweden, I think I mentioned this to you. I watched Judge Dredd, it was a Stallone movie and it was rated X. Two weeks later, I watched a Swedish movie where the guy had his cock out and it was rated PG and I was sitting next to a kid. And I'm like, what the fuck? And my friend goes, oh, I forgot you're American. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, we rate our movies on violence, not on sex. He goes, I'd rather have my child watch a man make love to a woman than watch a man kill another man. And I went, holy shit, man. It made me feel like an animal. And it was this default software that was in my brain because I grew up in America and I never questioned it. But when I went and traveled, it's like being in New Jersey, now I have a good view of New York. When I left America, now I could see America. We're a beautiful country, but sometimes there are things that we can do better, but the only way to do those things better is to have a little bit more respect for the other countries that share the planet with us. Especially now when a lot of the problems are not problems that can be solved by one country. A lot of the problems that we have now are global problems. We need cooperation. We need someone who has, like, international diplomacy. And we need people that have mutual respect. Like, these are problems that we need to solve together. Cancer, AIDS, all those things need the collective intelligence, the collective wisdom of the entire population. That's why I wish we'd get invaded by aliens. Because then and only then, would we all remember that we have more in common than, than not?
1: That's interesting to say. Like, one of my friends uh, is really big into like, reading about aliens and like, mm-hmm. extraterrestrials and like celestial stuff. Yeah. And uh, they're talking about how in a theoretical world where aliens maybe did exist, we wouldn't even register as like, a level one society just because yeah. we still have violence. Yeah. Because violence is such a basic form of like, it's, it's archaic. Basically, it's left over. And it though. feels bad. It does. It doesn't feel point, good. It.
0: I f- physically, it's like when before we knew that cigarettes cause cancer, people were going, "I don't feel good," yeah. and I think that's what ha- I mean. I found myself walking down the street in New York and being really friendly to people, saying, "Hi, how are you?" Hi, and I didn't. I was like, "Why am I being so friendly today?" And I realized it's because I had a bunch of fights on Facebook that day. Oh. And I and it, it was it's like you know when you see a dog eating grass.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're like, oh, that dog is self medicating. Totally. And, and that's what I was doing. My, my yeah. form of eating grass was s- making strangers smile back at me. And it slowly, like, refilled my battery.
1: You're just like, using the people in New York to vet uh, off the... Yeah,
0: to remind me that we're, that we're all connected again, yeah. that we're all human beings. And I want
1: to address this, this a lot too. People are like, oh man, New York is the cutthroat. Mm, okay. But like people-wise, they're rude. No, they're not. They're not at you all. bet. I've taken around the neighborhoods. Like it's there's everyone's so cool, incredibly all. friendly. They're just busy. So if yeah. you're if you, if you asked something stupid, yeah. they're gonna tell you you're stupid while being informative. But it's all pretty good though.
0: And here's the other thing that really one of my biggest pet peeves is when people talk about liberals like they're pussies and conservatives like they're strong. I I yeah. am I am a I am a liberal and I am a I'm a pacifist because I know what war feels like. Not looks like. When we go to war in America, we see it on TV. When we went to war in Egypt, the ground shook. The sky filled with dust and my seven-year-old lungs burned. I was beaten by a dad who used to beat the bottom of my feet with a stick until they bled. He would beat me and then say, I'm not going to stop beating you until you tell me you don't love me. So after three or four hits, I'd say, I don't love you. And then he'd say, now I'm going to keep beating you until you say you don't love your mother. And I wouldn't. And he'd beat me until my feet bled. I came from violence, from a ton of violence. I am not a pussy. I, 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 I am very capable of violence. I am very capable of brawling. I, I am a man to the fullest, it, it, to an embarrassing level. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a soft person, and, and that's why I'm a liberal. I'm a liberal because I've seen how bad it can get. And I've seen, I felt how fucked up it can make your life. I don't, I don't like who I am. I want to be a better person. Like I said this, I said that I, I feel like, I'm not mad at my dad anymore. I don't have hate in my heart. I'm not mad at my dad. I know that my dad was abused too. I learned that. And I know that the guy that abused my dad was like a vampire and he bit my dad. And it turned my dad into a vampire. And then my dad bit me. And now I have to go to therapy to learn to be one of the vampires on Twilight. You know what I mean? It's like David, when I used to watch The Incredible Hulk as a kid, it, I'd cry because I was like, that's my dad. That's my dad. And, and, I, and it was the first time I had empathy for him because I go, my dad is David Banner. He doesn't want to be the Hulk. And that music, that whistling when he'd walk down the street, like hate is bad, man. It's, and it turns you into something that you shouldn't be. And it's, and someone who's liberal, I, I want to get rid of this reputation that liberals are pussies. We're not pussies, we're not overly PC. Some of us have seen some shit, way worse shit than these people that stockpiled guns and ammo and I kind of feel like
1: that's a relatively new development in terms of like society-wise mm-hmm. little being a pussy because before it was the thinkers it was I the agree. people that were like so I think that's as someone that you know drank the Kool-Aid in terms of being here on 911 uh, 11 seeing people chant four more years followed by like bombs bomb like all yeah. this shit going on I don't remember and again I was younger so maybe uh it wasn't there but it didn't seem to be like the collective idea of like liberals or pussies. you know yeah. I, mean? <laughs> I remember very civil like discussions with like my dad and his friends about that like Dukakis t- t- and uh the first bush running and I remember is that, no it was that Reagan it doesn't matter but uh but I just remember it being such a place where and, the, and also I was raised in a way too where uh Person's politics are their own, and you just don't discuss it. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I remember there's some
0: anonymity behind who you voted for. Yeah,
1: like I just remember like uh, talking to my dad when I was younger, and I said, "Dad, who should I vote for?" And he goes, to tell you, you never ever ask anyone that because yeah. it's no one else's business, and you find out what's important to you, yeah. and then you vote that with w- what goes with your heart, let like your conscience to be your guide, sure. essentially. But I'm wondering, so as somebody of these that is like working on anger problems, or you know, has a past with like the violence and like that. Do you find yourself? Is that just you to like to, to engage on Facebook with the arguments like that? Is that is it helpful to you to do that? Do you find you like no, a win in there? It hurts.
0: It it, it exhausts me.
1: So it tires so me. I guess, my question is, why? Is it something you have to do? I
0: have I have friends who who will will tag my name on a post because they want me to defend their point. Okay. They want me to help, and so I do. You know, yeah. I feel like I'm am an emotional beast of burden. Okay. And I've just been holding my breath until this election is over. You know, I, I'm not a political comic because I chose to be. I'm a political comic because political comedy chose me.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I don't want to be a political comic. I used comedy to make friends. I used comedy to have people stop beating me. Yeah. I had the guy that used to kick my ass every day. Finally, I made fun of him and he said, if you stop making fun of me, I'll stop beating you up. That's the way it was. That's what comedy always was for me. It was, it was to connect with people. I'm an only, ch- I was, I, the first time I felt loneliness, I was nine. You know what I mean? I've always been a lonely person. I was an only child. My parents both worked two jobs. I was a latchkey kid. I was always alone, alone, alone. And normally when you immigrate to another country, it's your religious group that becomes sort of your social network. Well, we didn't have that. So we had nothing. So like, I, I, my, I used to talk to myself for hours. I had imaginary friends. I had oh, the, the loneliness was deafening. Yeah. You know, so for, I don't like using comedy as a way to push people away. Uh-huh. I, I don't want to do that, but but I will speak up, and, and now more than ever, because now I'm doing it for something that's more important than my comfort. I'm doing it for people like my mom, uh, she. I'm doing it for people who can't abandon the accent that I've abandoned. I'm doing it for people who look like they're from you know, who look like they're from their country of origin when I no longer do. Yeah, you
1: know what I mean. Like,
0: I—it's not fair, and it's not right, and it's not human.
1: I don't want to forget this part, but, but this is where I start wrapping up here. But I sure. remember during Arab Spring, when that went down, you went over there and performed in Egypt. Yeah. So how did that? Just break that down. How it's how terrible. did that whole thing come across? Well, but I mean, how are you? How are you? Uh, uh, there was some guys. Uh, they wrote a CNN
0: article. CNN article about some kids that started a comedy group and called "Fuck uh, Yourself." Uh, Fook in Arabic means release or unlock uh, but fuck yourself and fuck yourself is pretty close it's yeah. kind of a clever name for the group um, shout out to those guys in Cairo and um, I emailed them I, I ended up looking them up online seeing if they had a Facebook fan page they did I emailed them and I said hey I'm really proud of you guys I think what you're doing is really brave it's what essentially stand-up comedy was illegal and they were not only performing stand-up comedy they were teaching people stand-up comedy and the next day having an open mic for people to go up and just vent and release. And and I always knew from performing for the troops that there's a difference between performing for people that want to laugh and for performing for people that need to laugh. Big difference. And so I told them I was proud of them and then they said, hey, we looked up your videos, you're a real comic, don't just be proud of us, come help. And uh, you know, I I felt like, a, don't know, I felt an obligation to do it, you know, and my mom was really scared. Um, because she knows that when I go to Egypt, they don't look at me as an Egyptian. Yeah. I mean, just the other night, I was at this Bedouin tent restaurant in Brooklyn. And I walk in, and they're like, oh, we're closing up, it's only to-go food now. I go, I'm a, come on, I'm Egyptian. I start speaking to them in Arabic, and they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean, no, I'm not? I go, I'm Egyptian. They're like, no, you're not. And I go, yes, I am. They look at me in my face and telling me what I'm not. It's like someone looking a black kid in the face and going, you're not black. Yeah. And I'm going how dare you like it's so incredibly offensive it makes you feel invisible yeah you know but it's um, it's it's been my burden but it's also been my gift to, to not have a nationality I, I'm the white crayon in the box yeah. you know what I mean like where no one's claiming me and it's um so I, I like that I got to choose my nationality you know I got it, it's it's like being an orphan and getting to pick your own name you know it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of nice but I hope we evolve out of this because I think, I think we're better than this. And here's the way I think of it too. This is exact, what we're doing right now, how do you think the terrorists feel about it?
1: I think it's exactly what they want. I think this, and I said it from the day one, we'll never be attacked again in that way because they can never do any better. We are
0: right now. Well, here, Cause cause, this because, is what they wanted. Well,
1: that's because the whole goal was for them to change our life for the worse, and exactly. it's unquestionable, because now we have TSA, and it's fucking awful. For some of the fly, but it's fly, yeah,
0: it's more than TSA. No, we I get we that, literally
1: though. hate our neighbors. Oh, so, I get that, you know? but but an actual systemification of something where they, we're employing hundreds of thousands of Americans to be sure. dicks to other people that are yeah. Americans on a different level, I, I guess, and then now it's, it's growing into our home lives, where it's like, you know, yeah. that person looks different. Yeah. Get, the home life them.
0: bothers me more than TSA, because I guess, for me, having spent a lot of years in Europe, I've seen TSA-like uh, behavior at airports yeah. in Ireland,
1: in in the UK, in Germany.
0: All of, like terrorism is new to
1: us, but ter- terrorism. No, is new and I, I saw it. I was actually like speaking to somebody when I was in the Middle East, and I was talking to a, like a guy at the airport, and uh, he was laughing at me because I took my shoes off, and he's like, "You're definitely American." I'm like, "Yeah, I know," and he's like. I was like, you guys don't do that here? And he's like, no, not at all. He's like, we, we, we go to college. He's like, we, we study psychology, body movement, language, everything like that. He's yeah. like, we're trained to look at people, not do stupid procedures. Yeah, but
0: also they live in a place where if, if you are the type of person <clears throat> who, I mean, you know that you can go to college if you're of a certain social class. Yeah, and, for sure. And, and here it's not that way. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, all I have to say is like this. Like, I, I remember being in college one time and I loved a girl and she loved me. And there was another guy that loved her and he couldn't break us up. So he made up stories, and he made up lies, and he found a way to create a fight between us. Yeah. And we were young and stupid, and we didn't know, and he created jealousy, and he created infighting. And that's what people do. It's just like on reality shows, like Survivor, when you, know, you, you could compete physically and try to prove yourself, and yeah. that's really the intent of the competition. But then there's these people that come in, and they're sly, and they're sneaky. And they're tricky. And I think what's happening to us right now is, is another act of terrorism. I think Americans hating each other is exactly what the terrorists wanted to do. You know, because we are too big for them to take head on. So instead, they turn us against each other. And it's just, it's just something to think about. It's something... Don't, don't hate your neighbors. Hate the enemy. Pay attention. Don't even hate them, man. Like, just feel sorry for them. They, they are, don't legitimize them and make them bigger than they are. It is not... If you believe in God, you. how could you believe that 1.6 billion people he made evil? There's just no way
1: he didn't do that. I think the second you inject God in anything, there's like, just get ready for... In terms of, like, uh, contradictory statements. You know it's I mean? just insane,
0: so. man. I mean, I mean, even if you believe in God, right? Like, there's no... The one thing, even if you don't believe in religion, if you believe in science, the one thing religion and science agree on is we all came from the same two shitty parents, right? Yeah. We all. That's the one thing religion and science agree on. We all came from two people, whether it's Adam and Eve or the caveman and cavewoman with a certain numbers of chromosomes. Or right? Jill and Gary, my parents. Shout, Shout out, out to or Jill and, and Gary. Gary. Shout out to Jill and Gary. Or Muhammad and Magda. Yeah. You know, it's just. It's just. It's. It's just. It's. Here's what, what I'm hopeful for. As a trend, I used to work as a trend forecaster and trends tend to go in opposites. We had a metro sexual before. We had guys with frosted hair and then we went retro. We went from a guy that painted his hair to a guy with a beard that looked like a lumberjack. Yeah. And that's the way trends tend to go. So I'm hopeful for two things. I'm hopeful for the return of metal and yes. punk rock Yes. and anger in, in young people yeah. that, that brings out good, great music again. And I'm hopeful for kindness. I think we're missing kindness again and I don't think being kind makes you weak I think being kind makes you strong
1: and there's nothing scarier than a serial killer that has manners you know what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) well you know I understand yeah, that that's right. Like, the manners are. i uh, Dexter, at, right? I'm like a total asshole, but I'm huge on manners. And I think that's just something that goes. Okay, so it's Monday right now. Tomorrow's Election Tuesday, right? Yes, sir. Sunday we go to Europe. We're gone. We're Next going. Next Sunday London. we go to London. Yeah, we're going to London and then uh, possible other places too. We're not sure. It keeps changing. Maybe Paris. Uh, if we, yeah. Maybe, yeah Paris, maybe so we'll Berlin. see. Though. So uh, basically, we're worried because Tuesday, uh, do the right thing, America. Uh, hopefully, America will. I'm not worried. I don't I'm not worried, I, I don't, I, I'm not I, worried not, either. I think it's, but I, I don't think there's going to be. I'm doing this election thing tomorrow, and I don't think there's going to be an end. Like, it's not going to be done tomorrow night. It's going to be a Wednesday thing.
0: I will say one thing. Yeah. I, I think I. that I oh, when Obama won, there's this thing called moral licensing. And when Obama won, the country became more racist. Because they said, now we have a black man in office, we're not, we're not racist if we say this shit. It allowed that people to be more racist. So much of going to happen, And I yeah. think the same thing's going to happen with women when Hillary wins. And I, I think it's up, up to, like, comics and other pe- When the media dies, uh, comics win, uh, because people are looking for a voice, and they're looking for an opinion, and they're looking for perspective. And I think that the, the less the media is respected, the more the comedy is. And it's up to us guys to support our sisters that are out there and to, and to help fight what's inevitably coming next, which is a huge, a huge, Amount of sexism.
1: Yeah, I had this really co- like cool thought. My best friend's Luke. He uh, had a daughter recently, and I thought about this like like, like very recently, a few months ago. And uh, I was saying, I was like, wow, how cool is this that that girl growing up right now will never know what it's like to not have a female Amazing. for a possible president yeah. or president tomorrow." You know what I'm saying? Like that that alone, like never mind fucking emails and whatever you want to talk about though. But just the fact that that is like okay shows me progress in the scheme of things. I see like a lot of other white noise, you know Thank too. You. But um, if she I, wins, that's got, what I'm saying. Well, that's why I said the possibility. And even of, if yeah, she yeah. wins, we're yeah.
0: still 53rd in the world. Oh yeah, we're people fun, that have yeah. had
1: female leaders it, in important government. Past guest with Eric Kelly, I was interested to talk to him because when people are like, "Come on, can't we let this racism shit go?" Like, you realize Jesus. there's still people that are breathing right now that were drank out of separate drinking fountains. Of course, like, and that's. So fucked, and it's like, you know, like, ah, oh, so long ago, nah, dog. Did a
0: month ago, in Oklahoma, a guy stood up in the audience and called me a sand N-word, and then his girlfriend went up to the bouncer and said, you're pretty good looking for a colored boy. Wow. This person, is a month ago. They have parents. In Oklahoma City.
1: That's crazy. And they're it's out crazy.
0: there. But they're and good. it's the only city that was had a terrorist attack by a white guy who was an ex-soldier. From Michigan. From, yeah, yeah. I mean, like... like 12 miles north, have, north of where I'm from. And there's so much yeah. racism towards black people. There the still. place that
1: that guy used to live on is called the White Mile. And uh, and my last name is White, but there's nothing to do with it. But my okay. uncle used to have a place up by there, and uh, where he lived. And uh, it was up there. But, dude, talk about... the Michigan, Michigan militia used to be something in terms of, like, people knew where they were. Yeah. Completely dismantled. Vice this is that article on the guy that the last guy that even claims it has to live in fucking Alaska because they just... Dismembered that though, but what's interesting is that those guys—if you ask anybody, Timothy McVeigh—now one person is going to say terrorist. They're just going to say, oh, the guy that bombed Oklahoma City, right? Yeah. If you were to say, like, uh, cliche Muhammad, like, what's the first thing that goes through your mind? Oh, terrorist? Not the guy that bombed you know, the yeah. mastermind of 9-11. It's just interesting to me to see that once you apply a skin color, terminology comes out. And it hasn't always been that way, though. Sure, sure. And I think the more... It well, it was
0: a counterbalance is, is why I was making a point, is that terrorism doesn't have a skin color. I'll tell you what terrorism does have, though. It doesn't have a skin color. It doesn't have a race. It doesn't have a nationality. But sure as fuck has a gender we've got a real problem in, with, with men in, in this country and others and, and we have to learn to fix that and the only way we can learn to fix that is if the men that are in power admit that the men that don't have power have a real fucking problem the male gender has a problem and it's time we start fixing it it's time to stop saying things like boys don't cry maybe boys should cry maybe if they do they won't go on shooting sprees at universities because chicks won't fuck them
1: yeah you know I'm gonna leave it on that one, man. I'm <laughs> gonna leave it because uh, boys cry. They call them little pussies. I don't know. You pussies. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think it's weird. I had a, there was a school shooting in my situation. My school, not the, the kid didn't get the shots out, but they found the guns on him and like the bullet fell out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a speed loader three fifty seven and his target was like one of my really good friends, who's still my really Jesus. good friend. And uh, it was weird because I saw the school go from oh my god that. Like, This is what's amazing about my my area where I'm from. They let this kid walk around for two class periods because they didn't want to make a scene before they stopped him on the way to the pep rally to grab the gun. Yeah, it's happened. I got in trouble at school because, like, there was a lot of things like, well, those girls were mean to him. It's like, what the fuck? Jesus. So, yeah, we don't have time to go on that story, but uh, I think it's crazy how... uh, Certain events can happen in certain parts of this country. Whereas that was, I'm talking about it 20 years later. If I talk to Eric, who's from Brooklyn, who's the past, Eric Kelly, he's yeah. like, that was Tuesday, motherfucker. Like, we yeah. threw our principal off the roof. So, uh, in closing, this wow. week, what do you have shows-wise here? Because uh, this comes shows-wise, out
0: well Shows-wise, I got uh, a couple shows at Gotham tomorrow night at 7 and 9. Uh, and then I'm doing uh, Greenwich Village Comedy Club. And Gandhi. Uh, I'm doing Gandhi. Uh, what was it called? Gandhi, is at you at one Eye jacks. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a great week. Uh, actually, just go to TamerKatan.com. Spell it out. T-A-M-E-R-K-A-T-T-A-N.com and just click the shows button. And uh, please come out and uh, give me a hug. I'll hug you
1: back. I think we need to hug each other more If you're often. a
0: boy, just don't fucking cry. If you're uh, a boy, just hug me from the front. <laughs> Let's get it in there. And then uh, <laughs> on
1: Instagram as well too, is at uh, Tamar Katan. It's uh,
0: Tamar Cat on Instagram, but okay. Tam- everything else is Tamar Katan. Okay, so
1: Twitter, hit him up on there, give him a follow. And then thanks, uh, me, and Normal, at, this is Max White. Tamar, thanks so much for coming out. We thanks appreciate for having it. Me. And uh, yeah, we'll see you, uh, see see you in Europe. Us. Yeah, man. See you later. <laughs> thanks guys, bye. bye. Max White, everyone. <laughs> see you something funny. It wasn't funny! I guess I'll just call it Max White Presents. I guess it's decent. Yeah, Max White Presents will work.